Welcome to Fed Talks. This is Jimmy Chrisman, your host of the podcast. This is season two, episode 10 of Fed Talks. And thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Each week I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. Thank you again so much for checking out this week's episode. I'm excited to bring this interview to you. It is with the wonderful and the wonderfully talented Lindsay Price. You probably know that name if you are at all on Facebook or a theater teacher and use the internet at all. She is the resident playwright for Theater Folk and the co-founder of the Drama Teacher Academy. So I know you all know exactly what that is and uh, I know you're excited to hear from her to hear about her stories and and her tips and tricks as a playwright, why she started the Drama Teacher Academy, and uh, what we can do as teachers to provide playwriting opportunities to our students in our classrooms. So thank you so much for checking out, and I hope you enjoy my interview with Lindsay. Well, I'm excited to welcome to Fed Talks today, Lindsay Price. She is the resident playwright for Theater Folk and co-founder of the Drama Teacher Academy. So if you have been listening to Fed Talks for any amount of time, you have heard both of those things mentioned and um, super excited to talk to the woman behind all of that. Uh, so Lindsay, welcome to the show. I have tons more things that I can give you the accolades for, but I want to get into that with the interview. So welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, tell us a little bit about um, kind of your experiences, and, and well, we'll get into a lot of your experiences, but kind of what got you interested in theater education and what sparked that passion and kind of what brought you to where we are now with that? Well, it's been a, it's been a long road. It's been a <laughs> very long road. Um, I started out um, not wanting to be in theater education. Um, my, uh, I was a trying to make it as a playwright and my husband was trying to make it as an actor and we were we were both not doing so great at that <laughs> um for very for various reasons we were we were trying to go down we were trying to have traditional careers um when we weren't very traditional uh so we were we were trying to fit square pegs into round holes and we hadn't we really hadn't found the, the thing which now we have, the thing that makes us happy and makes us um, passionate and makes us um, really love theater, we thought we had to go down these roads that everyone else around us was going down. You know, you know, my my role as a as a traditional playwright is, oh well, I get a play a play produced at a small theater and then a larger theater and then a bigger theater and then, you know, it, it's all supposed to just fall into place and. Um, well, that just doesn't happen. I don't think it happens to many people. You know, you just you see the, the few and you think, if I'm not doing that, then I'm a failure, um, which is another thing that is a, uh, which is, a, it's really been a really great to not view failure as a stumbling block or as a negative aspect, but to get to a place where failure is a, is a fun thing. Um, and, and a really uh, a, a, an important thing in your life. Um, so, and we just happened to, we, we, need, we decided we needed a break from trying to pursue these careers. Um, and we moved back to, so my husband, is, we were partners in Theater Folk. We, uh, we started it together. 
um, and uh, we continue to work and create with it together. And we decided to move back to his hometown, which is a, it's a small place called North Bay, Ontario. And we lived there for four years and by happenstance became introduced to the world of high school theater. Um, it was it was at that time it was the booming it was a booming mecca of educational theater. Um, there was um, play festivals in the fall, play festivals in the spring. Uh, there was a summer challenge that uh, my husband had done when he was in high school, and it just happened to be at the time the Canadian hub of the Educational Theater Association. Um, that's where the, um, the the Canadian chapters were in North Bay, Ontario. So we, it was our first introduction. We had no idea what Educational Theater Association was, uh, but there was a representative there, and we were uh, teaching workshops at this in this small town um, high school festival. And they just they came up to us and said, "Would you like to come to Lincoln, Nebraska, and teach workshops there?" And we're like, "Oh, sure, why not?" And <laughs> went and had literally our minds blown about the scope of educational theater and theater in high school. And that's when I started looking around and uh, saw the plays that were being done by schools for students and literally had the moment where I said, I can do better than this. I can, I can write plays within the, for them, not that they, you know, there, you know, there was just so many plays that I saw I didn't quite see death of a salesman done by 17 year olds, but really close, like just, just not their experience. And that was sort of, that was the first turning point of us towards theater education. And then we just more and more, we started to do more, um, um, more educational uh, materials. We, we were a product theater folks actually started as a production company. So we toured, schools in the uh, during the year and uh, festivals during the summer and we got to a point where we really figured out we were <laughs> we're finding something else to fail at it's really awesome uh, <laughs> but the produce, producing was not for us we did not have that bone and we looked at around these plays because i was writing all the plays that we were doing and very uh perhaps naively perhaps with ignorance said well we're not going to produce these anymore I wonder if other people would like to produce them. And that was the the start of Theater Folk as a, a publishing company. And then we had other people who we knew who were uh, writing plays uh, and we wanted to publish them and get them out into the world. And through that, we started going to uh, high school festivals and we just started to see it as, it, it's such a great, it's a wonderful um, experience to watch uh, students put on your stuff like it's it's a it's it, that's amazing and then we just started listening to be very um i don't know uh hallmark about it but we literally started listening to people and what they needed and that's why and that's where the drama teacher academy came from because we just we were listening to teachers who felt they were alone and um, no one to help them and being the only drama teacher in their school or being a middle school teacher who, who, who taught math and their principals basically saying to them, well, you were in a play in high school, you go teach the, the, the drama class. And, and that's kind of where we've, we've wound up to where we are on a very, the long, the long and winding road we took, 
Um, but it's the road we were meant to take, which is kind of wonderful to be to end up in a place you're you're kind of meant to be in and to write the kind of plays that you were meant to write for the audience that you were meant to do to help people um, who you were meant again, it all sounds very hallmark and who you were meant to help. And uh, and we are uh, when and this is where we are. How about that? That was a very long winded way of, uh, of, uh, of the journey uh, to this exact moment in time talking to you, Jimmy. <laughs> well, no, I, I appreciate hearing the story because I have when I was in the classroom, I I, I use things from theater folk all the time. Um, and and as, a, as a teacher who had been doing it 15, 16 years, I still found things very useful from the site. Um, and I, I, from the guests that I've had on the show, you, it's, Drama Teacher Academy has been a, a lifesaver for, for many of them. And so I, I am very grateful personally for the work that you all have done and, and, the, and what you all are providing for theater teachers out there. So um, it's been really, it was really interesting to hear kind of the journey of how we got to that. Um, so thank you. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Listening to teachers. Yeah. That's that. If I had to, if I had to give any one piece of advice to anybody who is um, looking to write for this market, looking to, Help, uh, looking to help teachers is listen. Just listen, because they, because, because they'll tell you, and then, then you go help them yeah. <laughs> into what they need, right? So into what specifically they need. Because um, in it, because it's because what you all have done and what you provided and you're continuing to do is, has. It, it has helped with that feeling of, of isolation. It has helped with that, that math teacher who's been struggling. It has helped, it's helped with, the, again, like that veteran teacher who's just needing something new to, to kind of revamp things and to look at something a different way and, and to re-energize them. So um, that you all listened, and, and, and I know you continually listen because my conversations with Matt Webster, um, just about the work that you all are doing, I know you're, you still listen, so thank you for that. And you're out there, you're, you're, you're teaching workshops, you're, you're giving feedback to new playwrights and, and students and teachers and established playwrights. So, I mean, you, all that you're doing all over the place is, is, is very, very welcome and very needed and very appreciated. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about, cause, cause there's a couple different paths I can go with this right now, but I want to talk a little bit more about your, your work as a playwright. Um, uh, you've got over 60 plays you've written. Um, and like most playwrights, you probably have 10 or 12 on your computer that you're working on at the moment anyway, in addition to that. Um, my goal my goal for the end of August is I have four in the middle so that I can go out this fall and, and workshop them. So that's the goal anyway. Well, <laughs> we'll see if <laughs> what What about that? Uh, I, and I know you, you talked about seeing your work produced by the people who you're writing it for, um, is, is so rewarding. Um, what, what challenges and, and what things do you, have you experienced as a playwright as far as getting your work out there, um, getting your work, um, not just seen, but like from the, it's finalized on my computer screen to getting it staged, produced somewhere. Um, talk a little bit about that experience for you and, and, and how that worked out for you. Well, I'm lucky because, it's something that because I've been doing it for 25 years, there's a there's a certainly a, a pattern and a procedure um, that I'm that I follow. And I also am very lucky that I have a a list of, of drama teachers who are um, not only willing to take something untested, um, but also 
um, uh, produce uh, in a way that is very helpful when you just sort of, because literally I just hand over a script sometimes and I say, okay, I'll see you a week before it goes up because I want I want, I want to have that experience of what's working and what's not. And when, uh, when a script is, is, is published and it goes into that, the hands of a, of a school, of a teacher, um, somewhere, let's say in, in Wyoming, and they're dealing with a uh, cafetorium and 30 middle schoolers, I have to know that what's on the page uh, is, can be translated into their space and their, um, with their students. Uh, so, uh, so that that sometimes is a challenge is when, when it's something is not working and depending on the, on the, the subject matter, I did a, a play last year called dark light on, uh, depression and, and anxiety because that topic was so, it was so important to me to get right. I was, I was, it went into three different schools, uh, before I wanted, before I got it published. And I was there in one, one production, I was there um, constantly over three months, you know, just to, to make sure things, um, that things were being spoken, not only, uh, in their voice, in a teen voice, um, but that the whole, the whole piece as a whole, uh, was speaking well. And I guess that's kind of a challenge too, is to making sure, just to make sure that the, the characters that I have are not speaking in my voice, but in their voice. I'm not writing for me. Um, I'm writing for, uh, you know, 12, you know, let's say 11, 11 to 17 year olds. So it's really important that they're, they're being heard and that they're, they are speaking in a way which is um, applicable and authentic. Mm -hmm. That's the word actually I'm looking for. So that's something that I always do is I'm going into schools. I'm like, is this, would you say this? Is this authentic? Would this happen? And I'll tell you, that it doesn't always work. I wrote a, I wrote a play also last year on the, the, the fear of missing out phenomenon. I took that into three schools and they didn't know what on earth I was talking about. <laughs> Different schools were like, I don't know what this is. I don't have it. So whether they do or not, whether, whether social media has decided they have it or not, they're telling me they don't. So I'm not going. So that play, that play went into the, the play of lost drawers drawer of lost <laughs> to figure out what I'm going to do with it. But they're, what they say is way more is, is of utmost importance. And it doesn't matter if I spent a month writing a play, if they or more, if they are saying it's not authentic, it goes no further. Well, that's important. And, and that, that not only listening to the teachers, but listening to the, the students as well and, and how that helps shape your work. So that, that that's super important. Um, I know this is probably a very loaded question I'm about to ask um, because I know you, you t- can teach multiple workshops and days on end about what I'm about to ask, but I am a horrible playwright. I, I think I'm a horrible playwright. No one is a horrible playwright. Well, no <laughs> I have, I have interesting stories in my head, but when they, get to the screen, something happens and there's a disconnect. So, but for me and for those teachers out there who have always pondered writing something or, or getting something on its feet with, with their students, how would you recommend them getting started with that and taking their story and turning it into something quality? Well, I have the, again, I have the most awfulest hallmark answer is unfortunately you must do it. There is no secret answer. There's no secret um, code 
Um, the only way to get better at it is to actually write it down and then give it to your students and go, okay, here we go. And, and to let it, let it happen, the good and the bad. So, so, so what if it's, what happens, what, what if it's horrible? So what? Make it be horrible. And then the next one will be less. And then the next one will be less. It's something that it is a, it gets better the more you do it. It gets better the more you, and the more you listen. That's the other part of it is you actually have to, which is sometimes really hard to listen to feedback. Like when three different schools told me they have no idea what FOMO was. And, and you know, like you have to, you have to, you have to listen and then you have to apply that feedback just like you do in the classroom, right? Yeah. You have to apply that feedback to your next draft or your next play or your next um, whatever. Um, I always suggest start short. Uh, start with a 10-minute play. If you've never done it before, we'll start with a 10-minute play. Um, start with three 10-minute plays. Now you've got an evening of theater. Um, uh, start with something small. Start with a two-character. Uh, if you if that is still too big for you, you start with two characters um, and they don't in one location. And then whatever, there's one conflict that has to be um, resolved, either poorly or with success. If it's poorly, then it's your tragedy. If it's with success, then it's your comedy. Um, but start, just don't start with a full length if it overwhelms you. Start with um, two pages and then three pages and then 10 and then whatever. Um, just start small and, and accomplish. You want to finish something. It's um, in the um, business world. Uh, they often call it. You have to ship it. Hmm. That means it has to be done and it has to be in the world. You don't let it wait for it to be perfect. You, and particularly in in our world now, it's so easy to fix things. Like you know, we don't. Um, we read plays when they're ready, getting ready for publication, three, four, five times. My eyes are not the only ones on it. My eyes, um, the uh, the person who does the proof size, and then the playwright. So there's at least at least three sets of eyes on a play, and still still typos get through. Still there are like tiny mistakes. Um, but we're at the the we're at a wonderful wonderful technology 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 technological. Uh, I don't have an English degree. Uh, age <laughs> where when that thing happens, we respond and. and We'll just fix it. But if you if it's not out in the world, then it can never be fixed. It can never be changed. If it's always just, well, I'm just not going to let other people see it or let other people respond. I'll just keep it inside. That's not being um, an artist in whichever way, or or a, an inventor, or a creator, or uh, you know, science is all about um, things going wrong, right? Science all day, every day is getting something out there and, and trying something and, and seeing what happens and using failure as a data point and, and making it, making it work. Um, I have a, uh, a book, uh, a resource book that I, I wrote um, called the 32nd uh, monologue project. I'm pretty sure that's the title, but the whole idea of it is you don't start students off with a two minute monologue to prepare. You start them off with a nonverbal monologue, right? You don't just throw them into the deep end of the pool you want them to be successful at every step along the way. So we start them with a nonverbal, then a one line, then a three line, then a 30 second. And then you're at a point where you're going to have this whole group of, of students who are going to prepare and execute wonderful monologues because they have done every little step along the way. 
the exact same thing with playwriting. Whether you're a student or whether you're a teacher, start with the one page moment and then make it five pages and then make it 10 and then make it a one act and then make it a full act. With your experience as a playwright and seeing your work produced, what has been one of your favorite moments that you can think of from those experiences? Oh, there's so many. I just, it's just, you always, you always learn. There's always a story because they are using the play for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, sometimes it's a, a simple reason as it's a, it's a community builder. You know, it's just, they're just there and they're, they're, they're using the play to, to make a friend, um, which is so, it's so wonderfully valuable. It's why I don't, I don't have any, I don't judge my, my, I have so many very light, fluffy plays. I don't judge them any, any, any weight less, stronger. I don't judge them for being fluffy. Yeah, some people would, because it's not serious. It's not, it's not a serious play. It's not professional, you know? I've had that sort of flung at me, and I'm like, it doesn't matter because the experience that a student has being in a fluffy, pay, fluffy play is exactly the same as being in a serious play if their if their goal is community. Um, I watched a uh, I was a I have this uh, relationship with the school so I, that I've been at the school uh, at least once a year over I think I think I started going in 2010 so I've been at the school for many years and so I've been able to see students grow and change over a number of years. And there was a, a school where there was a student who uh, was on the spectrum. Um, and the teacher was telling me in grade nine, she was having to have conversations with him about, um, did you shower today? Like just the basics. And then I went, they were doing a premiere of a show of mine and he was in it. And he had a major role in his senior year. So four years later in his senior year. And it was very clear that he was mentoring younger students. And it was because he had that community, he had an opportunity to be in a safe space for his entire high school life and change. And my play is a minuscule part of that experience, but it's, it means the world to me that I was able to play a minuscule part that being in plays um, made him find out himself and find out who he really was. Um, I've had teachers tell me um, that they've had students who have read monologues and went, I thought I was the only one who felt like this and was able to, there's a specific uh, situation where a a student went to her teacher and said, by after reading, reading a monologue that I just happened to have, that I, that happened to have written that she connected with so strongly that she realized she was um, that she was in deep trouble and wanted help. And again, very very tiny part, but it was it was the whole idea of of not of uh, letting students kind of see that they're not alone in whatever it is that they're going through. I have a play called The Bright Blue Mailbox Suicide Note, which is a which is it takes a look at um, at students re- how people different people react how people react differently to suicide. And that one just, over years and years, uh, I hear that 
that what being in that play helps them sort of come to terms with suicide in their own communities and their own experiences. Uh, I had a, a teacher tell me that the parents, they, they write blue and the parents tried to shut the show down because they said, this play is making our students sad. Now, our kids sad and the students stood up and they said, no, we won't, we won't let you shut this down because it's not that we're sad. It's that we're talking about sadness. So it's those kinds of, I mean, it's a, it, the power of theater and the power of um, the life-changing aspects of theater at the school level are huge. And I, I take my role uh, pretty seriously uh, in with that with that um, acknowledging how powerful it can be and how important it is to be uh, responsive and responsible to that well I think that's that's really important that we we are able to as theater teachers provide spaces for those conversations to happen um, and it doesn't it doesn't always have to be through a production. I mean, it can be just with the work that you're doing in class with them and, and the, a monologue that the teacher can share, that, you know. So I think, I think that's really important for not only teachers that are out there to hear that, but for my students who I will um, bring their attention to this part of the podcast when it, when it airs. But I think that's super important that we all need to keep in mind that it doesn't always have to be a, a production and with, with the big production values and, and drawing an audience. And sometimes it's just those conversations we have in our classroom. It's the whole notion of, of it's the things it's safe space and how a safe space for students is, is it, it's amazing how impactful that can be. And it's amazing how, and this is why drama teachers need all the support, any support that we can give them, they need it because they are doing the work that will, send students out into the real world, they actually will give them the skills to handle it. That whole notion of being able, being able to communicate, being able to, to think critically, to, to think creatively in whatever situation they happen to end up in or whatever job they end, happen to end, end up in, they're not, they're not learning it in math class. You know, absolutely. Math has a, has a place for, for so many people, but, the ability to to communicate and work with others and to express whatever is happening inside of them, I think is uh, has insane value that um, that often isn't seen as a value. Well, I think you have a unique uh, lens that you get to look through as you as I ask these next couple questions because um, you are um, not only a playwright, not only co-founder of Drama Teacher Academy and, and Theater Folk, but you you are out there, you're you're working with students all the time. You're you're teaching, you're you're leading workshops. And um so with all that work that you're doing with students, what what are you seeing as um some of the greatest needs that our students have right now or just young people in general have and that how can we as theater teachers help them with that? Well the first thing I'd like to say is I see a lot of hope. And uh, I think that we're bombarded with this notion that as a generation, um, teenagers are somehow worse than they used to be, um, which I don't believe at all. Um, I think that I think there's a lot of smart and insightful and um, really, really 
aware of the world in a way that I was not aware of. I'm going to say maybe till I was 30, I cert at 17, I certainly was mm -hmm. not aware of the world um, as so many students that I come across uh, today are. I really think anxiety is the, is the big one. Anxiety and perfection mm -hmm. are two of the biggest um, concerns that I see to the point where a lot of students aren't they're 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 backpedaling so much because they don't want to do something because it's not going to turn out perfect or their anxiety is just something that is overtaking them in a in a in manner in which um perhaps is is deeper and greater than uh i've seen in other student other generations of students before and i don't think it's something to be taken lightly so i think that's something that's i i see constantly and what about what about the greatest needs you see with theater teachers? Oh, well, that they are they don't are they're not taken seriously, that their programs aren't taken seriously, and that they don't have that they're alone, that they're doing it all alone. That they're the only drama teacher in their school. They're the only drama teacher sometimes in their district. They're being told that their classes. Uh, uh, I talked to a teacher two weeks ago, and uh, someone in the math department declared what she was doing in drama classes loosey-goosey hmm. um, or frivolous or games you know it's just games and uh, none of that is true none of that is is anywhere close to the truth I think the problem is is that there are other other subjects have defined lines hmm. right if you you know math is a great example there is a right answer and there is a wrong answer and uh, you work towards the right answer. Well, sometimes in the drama classroom, the wrong answer is actually the one you need, the one you needed to get to, in order to find out what the the right answer is. And sometimes the drama classroom can can come across as chaotic, um, but in actual fact, it's just like five groups all working um, on scenes, and they're like. They are working together or someone is, is acting in a leadership role or someone's acting as a, you know, a stage manager and, and overseeing everything, you know, that doesn't translate into a, uh, a test quite so easily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, um, what great things, new things are you all working on at Theater Folk and Drama Teacher Academy that we should keep our eyes out for coming up? Um, we are... Um, we're really thrilled with what's going to come up on the on the Drama Teacher Academy in the in the next the next six months. We're working on curriculums, so we are are launching the first half of a uh, middle school curriculum um, this month. We are launching a stagecraft without a theater curriculum, which we are so thrilled about. The, again, this whole idea that. So many drama teachers aren't working with traditional theater spaces. They're not working with lighting systems. They don't have a soundboard. They don't have they don't have any of the traditional spaces and equipment that one often often associates with with learning the technical theater arts. So we have a, a, a former teacher who she basically taught stagecraft in a portable for four years. Oh, wow! Uh, with with a full portable with twenty five with twenty five students. So we have this wonderful curriculum of looking at all of the technical theater arts where you do not need any traditional theater space you don't need any uh traditional equipment um so this is dramateacheracademy.com just for you. 
find out information on this, and then to uh, to further add to our tech elements, um, we will be. Uh, that's basically what we're going to be focusing on on 2020 is a whole bunch of uh, um, tech theater. Uh, that uh, that's the thing that the missing piece that we have had at the at Drama Teacher Academy, um, and we it's missing no longer. So that's very very exciting. Um, Theater Folk is is really focusing on, um, we have some really uh, wonderful new plays um, that have just come out. Uh, Stephen Gregg, who is a longtime um, theater, uh, theater for Youth writer, he wrote This is a Test, which is, continues to be an amazing um, uh, piece throughout the years. Uh, we just published uh, uh, his new play, Something to Keep Us Warm, which I just adore. I think it's so wonderful. Um, we're doing a lot of classical adaptations, uh, one by a teacher in uh, Montana, Laramie Dean. Uh, it's the Gorgon Sisters, so it's Greek myth, but it's Greek myth the way you've never seen it before, which I just, that's what I, I love. Adaptation is my absolute favorite, favorite type of theater to write. Um, I did one last year on um, Victorian ghost stories, and I just, I love taking one, it's like critical thinking piece, right? You got to take one, something in one form and put it into another and uh, and then resources were the whole notion not just of uh, resources as ebooks but uh, resources uh, for the classroom that you can uh, buy in hard copy we're, we're moving down that road so that's something that I'm uh, it's lot it's very it's all very um, it's all very exciting because it's important to to again to keep listening and, and keep changing on what people want and what people um, want people need. That's how uh, all of this stays exciting. Drama Teacher Academy has been around this 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 summer. It marks its fifth anniversary um, that we've been doing this, and it has changed so much since we first launched with three little courses and 30, uh, 30 lesson plans. And uh, Theater Folk has been around for twenty five years, and we have been changing since we uh, you know we started out as a production company, and here we are down the road. Um, really focusing on being solely focused on schools and student performers. So I think that's how you, that's how you, uh, that's how you grow and that's how you uh, um, keep it good, keep it good, keep it interesting uh, and, and an exciting experience from the inside too. Well, what is, um, cause you all have amazing resources that you, you, you're providing everyone, but what is a resource that you um, are currently using or would currently recommend for new teachers or even veteran teachers who are just looking to spice some things up in their classroom? Well, I use, <laughs> I don't know if this is something that is, uh, um, it's, it's changing the world, but I have moved pretty much primarily to doing a lot of work, um, not even just on my laptop, but on my phone, because I have that all the time. So I use Google Keep uh, that is the thing that's open up, uh, that is open on my phone all the time. Because uh, another thing in terms of being a writer, uh, you want to make sure you're when you see something or hear something, it goes it goes into the written form as soon as possible. You don't leave it to remember it. Uh, and I used to carry around a notebook with me uh, all the time. And, and it's really interesting how in the past couple of years that because the phone is with me all the time, more so than, than other things getting used to just the idea of, of using that app um, to um, record and get that down as much as possible. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, see, I use a lot of uh, 
anything that I'm using in terms of websites or or apps or well, thesaurus.com, man, I don't rely on my spelling anymore. I always, uh, I'm, and it's the most wonderful thing in terms of a playwright. This is the another thing. Also, actually, I said that flippantly, uh, thesaurus.com, but it's it's actually quite true. Is what what happens sometimes is that when you're writing something in the first draft, it's not exactly the way you know that you want to say something kind of like X Y Z, but you're you don't have X Y Z in your brain just yet. So sometimes what happens with writers is they is they stop writing and they go, okay, until I figure out what XYZ is, I can't go any further. And it's like, no, you do something like XYZ and you just keep going. And then when you go back to it, you know, you write out the wrong thing, write out the thing that isn't quite right. And then when it's in front of you, you can go, you know what, this guy is a, this is like a brain surgeon. So I need to figure out brain surgeon words. Um, or this guy uses um, ten-letter words when he's defining something instead of the three-letter words that normal humans use. And I use all of those. I use RhymeZone. I use thesaurus.com. I use um, uh, Wikipedia all the time because they help me figure out the dialogue that's going to be character-specific. Um, and and sometimes it doesn't have to, and it doesn't always. Because we, as human beings, we say wrong things all the time. So I'm not here unless I'm unless this character is an expert. Um, you know, I'm not. I I kind of like it when people say things that are are not quite right or they're kind of off. So I, I have a like for example, um, I have a character who likes to count uh, in a new play I'm writing, and so I'm I'm mixing it up so that they are counting counting and in Spanish, but they're not, it's not quite right. So it's like the right word, but, but it's pronounced, you know what I mean? There's just things that are not quite right. So I find what it is supposed to be and then you sort of fix it. So use all of those. This is a very, again, very long way to say the internet is your friend. The internet is an amazing tool. Find ways for your students to use their phones because that's what's comfortable for them. Um, in writing processes, whether it's through research, a research project, um, you know, as well as make sure they're going to cite their sources, but whether it's using um, word help tools, whether it's using tools that help them where they're writing in a way that's comfortable for them instead of with a pen and paper or instead of um, on a laptop, whether it's uh, using uh, different researches, research tools to get them where they need to be to be comfortable with their writing. And that's kind of what it's, that's what it should be all about. Anything you can do to make them um, write in a way which is comfortable for them is going to get them writing. Well, what are your parting words of wisdom for new teachers coming into educational theater? Well, the first thing I would say is go to newdramateacher.com because <laughs> uh, you're going to find um, a, uh, a wonderful little booklet that's got classroom management stuff, a whole bunch of articles, a whole bunch of um, uh, emergency lesson plan prompts. Uh, in other words, get the help, get help. Talk to other teachers. Um, don't go into um, don't go into this the situation um, thinking that uh, that if things go wrong, that it's it's always going to be wrong. You know, there's help that help you. Help is always around the corner. So Matt Webster was on this podcast. A while ago, and he loves to say that the first year of the, of 
uh, to do teachers, you basically find out where the bathrooms are, right? So if you do that, you are so successful. You're going to be awesome. And then the next year you can learn one more new thing. And then the next year you can learn one more new thing. I think going into a classroom is, is so different than learning about what it's like to go into a classroom yep. that you really can't know until you, you get into it and you do it. And then let's end this whole, again, on this whole notion of failure, never feel that failure is a negative or that when things go wrong, your, your whole teaching experience is over. It's just beginning and use those, use any mistakes that happen, use any negative feelings, use them as a wonderful experience and a wonderful opportunity to go in, try something new, try again, um, keep learning, and you will, uh, you are really necessary. You are, you, all of you teachers out there, you're so valuable, you are so necessary, and I know that these are not the words that are often spoken to you, but I, I don't think there's anything more valuable, not only a, than a teacher, but a drama teacher. And we need you, we need you to keep, keep going into the classroom and keep, keep learning and keep finding new ways to, to get students where they need to be in terms of going out into, into the world. So thank you for taking on this job. Thank you um, for doing what it is you do and uh, keep doing it. Well, Lindsay, is there anything else you would like to talk about on just from your perspective or anything that I may not have hit on that you'd like to like to talk about a little bit? I don't think so. I feel like I've been very, I feel like I've talked a lot, man. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've, I've but uh, um, as always, I, uh, I, I love what I do uh, so much. I love being a playwright for schools and student performers. You can find all our stuff at theaterfolk.com, resources for the drama classroom, plays specifically for the drama class, for, for drama students. Uh, we kind of like to say that uh, with our stuff, you can do it with two cubes. If you really had to, you could take away one cube and it would be fine. <laughs> um, but there's also plays that have opportunities for students' um, creativity, and particularly in the tech areas and costume and light and sound. Um, if you're a drama teacher who's feeling alone, check out dramateacheracademy.com. Uh, we have, I'm so proud, actually mostly proud of our um, community um, in terms of uh, how our, uh, our Facebook group uh, responds to each other and helps each other out. And uh, the, uh, the teachers who always come onto our uh, panels for our professional learning community events. Um, none of this gets done alone and nothing I do gets done alone. Nothing um, ever happens uh, in a vacuum and, uh, and anything that we can do to um, make your life easier that's what we're gonna do that's kind of that's the goal that's the that's the whole that's the purpose is that uh, um, we're not alone you're not alone uh, and uh, we can make it happen well you are definitely you have done that you're doing that and I, I know you will continue to do that for, for teachers out there so thank you for all you do thank you for um, joining me and chatting with me today it was it was really nice to, to finally get to meet you and put a voice and a, a face uh, to everything that I've seen online and and uh, I just I hope you have a wonderful rest of your summer and uh, knock those four plays out that you're you've got working at working on on your desktop so uh, but thank you for joining me it was really nice meeting you and chatting with you awesome thank you so much 
Thank you so much, Lindsay Price, for joining me. If you are a Thed Talks listener and have not checked out um, Theater Folk or the Drama Teacher Academy, you've been living under a rock for one. And number two, you need to check it out immediately. They have amazing resources on that website and uh, they provide amazing uh, plays for you to that you can... Um, license and produce with your students and uh we've had matt webster on the show my mentor from my undergrad who is a playwright for them and is a consultant and works for them and next week we'll be featuring uh interview with krista vogt who is a another contributor to theater folk and the drama teacher academy so get on the website check that out and uh and put to use what they're putting out there for us and speaking of krista vogt when she and i uh chatted over the summer um she and i began to stay in touch quite a bit over social media. Uh, So I encourage you to check out all of our social media and interact with me on there on the regular. Um, We're on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, on Tumblr, thedtalks.tumblr.com, on Facebook in the Thed Talks group, Instagram at Thed Talks Podcast, and you can always check out our website, www.thedtalks.com, where you have all of the archives of our past episodes, resource lists from all the teachers who have been on the show, and a place where you can sign up to submit topics and stories for our So This Just Happened segment coming up soon. So check all of that out. You can email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to be a guest on the show, have some suggestions for me to keep making the show better, or some suggestions for topics on the show. I'd love to hear from you, so please interact with us on email and all our social media, and always check out our website. You can find the podcast on all your favorite podcast providers, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, AnyPod, and TuneIn. So you, you can find us anywhere. So go on, subscribe to the show, rate us, review us, and share it with those theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here on the show. These last couple weeks have been super busy for me and my students at ISU. We have general auditions going on. My seniors have just produced their uh, one acts in the local schools. My student teachers finished up EdTPA and are kicking butt in the classroom. And uh, my freshmen actually have their scenes uh, premiering at the local junior high, featuring my daughter in one of them. So I'm excited to check that out this week. So there's just a lot going on. I know you all are busy. You've got your state festivals and competitions and and everything going on where you're just showcasing and featuring your students left and right. So I wish you all the broken legs and uh, I just hope you all put the best best effort forward and show everybody your your best work in representing your schools. So all the best to you. I wish you all a wonderful week. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schusterman, for the use of your original music, Magnetize, and Flip the Record for the show. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week, and take care of yourselves.